0: Seattle Sports Station presents the K.J. Wright Show.
1: The ball is intercepted. K.J. Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air.
0: Number 15. Now every Wednesday with Brock and Saw. Hey, I like that. Brought to you by Shoot Casino. How about that? The return of the K.J. Wright Show today. The first of many more. So we're going to do this, it sounds like, five times between now and the beginning of the season. Yes. So uh, on select weeks of importance. KJ will come in, and then uh, once again, every uh, every Wednesday at 8 o'clock during the football season. How about that? I'm thankful to be back. Um, we did a great job last year. It was fun. It was a phenomenal job. People really liked it. Like, it. We get a lot of texts and tweets and everything else.
1: People. We make a great trio. Got a lot of great stuff to talk about. We have draft. We mm-hmm. got um, you know two first-round picks, OTAs. We, have, we got a lot to talk about. What do we think
0: of the Seahawks offseason so far?
1: I love it. just starting with free agency. Let's address elephant in the room. Defensive lineman, we had to get that fixed. Bringing in Jay Reed, bringing in Jones. I do hate that Big Al is not here. Still could be. Could still come back. I'm happy that Puna got signed, but we had to address the defensive line and the obvious, bringing Bobby back. When you just talk about before Bobby left, a legend. You coming back as a Seahawk? With Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Bobby is probably the greatest Seahawks defender to put on Seahawks uniform. Wow. He's back. And so you just do that in free agency, and then you have this draft that we had, A-plus, we won. I was at draft this past weekend. It was very fun. And so Seahawks and John Snyder have done a phenomenal job. You're talking about rebuild. They are really rebuilding this team, and we're looking pretty good.
0: So you were here when various players came back, right, Uh, and and had their moment. Marshawn left and came back, right, and he wasn't the only one. Certainly there were a few other guys who, after Mm -hmm. leaving, were like, "Mm, maybe I'll see what things are like back in Seattle. Yeah. What was that like welcoming them back into the locker room? What Did it feel like old times? Did it feel different? Did they have to handle it differently? What was that like? Bro, thank God you're back. Like, I, I missed you. <laughs>
1: Welcome. Come back. When Marshawn first came back on the scene, what was it, 2017? Yeah, it was like late in the year, right? We had no running right. backs. I'm like, bro, have you been working now? I'm looking at him, probably not. But, hey, <laughs> hey, you're back. You're back. Thank you and um just the just the nostalgic like camaraderie like hey you back in the building let's do this thing mm-hmm. we won a lot of ball games together um you bring leadership you bring a great presence you can still ball So, heck, yeah, come back and let's just get this energy back because, you know, it's much needed.
0: Well, so Bobby is back, and we spent a lot of time talking about the linebacker position last year during the K.J. Wright show, right, and kind of talking through, uh, you know, if Brock were here, he would talk about your big admission that linebackers are in some ways dependent on the guys in front of them. Mm -hmm. So, Bobby, and they spent some money on the linebacker positions, not just Bobby, right, they bring in Devin Bush. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see whether Jordan Brooks can return at some point this year, and then the outside linebacker. I mean, they went heavy in the draft Mm -hmm. at outside linebacker. So, you know, that was clearly a bit of a a point of emphasis. Is there enough in front of those guys for them to be able to do their thing?
1: There's enough in front of them with the starting lineup. Mm Mm-hmm. With the big boys up front, I don't know who our nose tackle is. I
0: mean, as of right now, it's your guy from Mississippi State, Cameron Young. Okay. Right? Which is what sort of makes me wonder if there is still an Al Woods, you know, veteran minimum kind of signing left out there. And
1: and so outside of them two, Miles Adams on the back end, you know, there's no depth. There's not enough depth Mm -hmm. with this defensive line. And so, yeah, you're good with those first three. But after that, you know, some guys get tired. Defensive linemen have to rotate. The guys that are backing up the starters have to be just on point as the guys that starting the game off. And so, have they done enough? No. I want to. I want to see more. I want to see more depth. I want. I want Big Al to come back. There's some other free agents out there, and so you got to do more because. Injuries is a part of the game. Getting tired is a part of the game. And so you want to make sure that defensive line, the interior, is on point so them linebackers can flow free and make
0: their plays. What is the strength of this team now? Is it the secondary? Absolutely. Okay, so what is that like, having the secondary be the strength of your defense? Can that be a successful path to, to, to winning? Yes. That's a, that's a big gulp before you said it. it's,
1: it's let's, The secondary is really, really good. The interior is, oh, it's okay. It's okay. The name of the game, when we see these quarterbacks are going to be passing the ball. They're going to be airing it out. Our rushers have to be on point. When it comes down to passing the ball, I need Chenna to continue being Chenna. I need DT. Is this his contract year?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Come on, DT. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just 17 games, you can do it. I need these pass rushers, guys, to get going. And so we can do enough to slow down the run so that this secondary can come to life. You know what I mean? Yep. So they're going to pass the ball. Team's going to air it out. Quandry on the back end. We'll see what happens with Jamal.
0: Um, but they brought in love as well. I mean, like they, they seem like they've really beefed up that secondary significantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're the offensive coordinator and you're about to play the Seahawks, how often are you planning to pass the ball? You're going to run the ball until <laughs> they can
1: slow you down. <laughs> I, I looked up. They were 30th last year. 30, yeah. 30 up and stopping the run. No kidding. And so, yeah, what happened with the Saints last year? What happened with the Carolina Panthers? What happened with the Niners? They're going to come and test your water to see if you have major adjustments. And so with Coach Hurt, a lot of changes got made with the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Just The side left and um, new guys came in. They really have to self-evaluate themselves. What do we need to do scheme-wise to maximize this defense? Right. I need them up front. What we did last year with with um, Quinn Jefferson, with Puna, these guys playing lateral.
0: They have got to get these guys aggressive. Yeah, it sounds like the best way to maximize it would be to run like a two, five, four or a two, four, five or something like that. I mean, like, he, here's the problem I have. I, I'm with you, Cage. I really like what they've done this offseason. There's not a guy they brought in that I don't like. I love their draft. They got argue I mean they got their favorite corner and their favorite wide receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. Whether they're the best or not that will remain to be seen, but they got the guy that they thought was the best mm-hmm. at two different positions. I was going through it in the entire time Pete and John have been here. Do you know how many times they've drafted one, the guy that the first player off the board at a position? How many? Once. You know who it was? Who? <laughs> Michael Dixon. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I mean everyone else, I mean, you know, you dra- they the only other time they've drafted up that high was Russell Okung and he was not the first tackle taken that year. Mm-hmm. Uh same last year with Charles Cross, he was not the first uh, tackle on, taken on last year. Uh and and even Earl was the second safety I think after Eric Berry the year that he was drafted uh at number 14. So this is the first time, other than Michael Dixon, a little bit wow. later in the draft, that they've taken the first player off the board at any position, and they got two of them. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. They got huge. their guys. Mm-hmm. But I, I just look at it and say, why would anybody throw the ball against this team when they could run for six yards a carry, potentially? What? what, what Bobby, I love Bobby. Mm-hmm. I, you might be right, he, although we got some people very upset with you, saying you're really sort of ignoring Cortez Kennedy, who's in the Hall of Fame. Not fair. Uh, guys, let me. I am in our
1: era. All
0: right. I meant in our era. All right. All right. Well, I hope we don't have to hear from Sherman again. Something tells me he's probably not coming on the show. But uh, anyway, so um, uh, I, I agree with you, but what's probably going to do if there are guys in his lap every time he's out there trying to make a play?
1: I know. And, and you look at, this is what coaches do every offseason. They go back and they watch every single game. They go back and watch every single game. How great were we? How bad were we? Did this scheme make sense, Mm -hmm. right? And when they self-evaluate themselves, the answer should be no.
0: Okay, the answer should be. Do you think the scheme change would be an important part? I mean, that—that's a question I asked Brock not that long ago. I said, Brock, there's all these guys in the draft and in free agency who everyone says are great, but don't fit the scheme. At what point do you say let's try a different scheme? And Coach Carroll, like Coach Carroll, like. And here's the
1: thing they they can keep the the same essence of their defense, mm-hmm. but just change how they play. You remember when I talked about that last year? Just
0: the bare front versus the three four. No, just
1: change the way that the guys play up front. If, if the way they was playing last year, they they weren't penetrating. Mm-hmm. They were going lateral with these guys. But hey they guys, two gapping. On.
0: Yeah, they were two gapping. Oh, yeah, that's my expert analysis. Thank you. They, they were just you know, they were just two gapping. more don't worry, I'll teach you about it later. It's just a two gap thing. <laughs> oh, right, man. as you know. So, and so it. and so when you
1: look at Coach Hurt and what they do this offseason, let these guys loose up front. Mm-hmm. Let them play. I could not tell you what they were running on the back end. Could not tell you, Salk. So just make it a simple cover three. Coach Carroll, you know that, like, the back of your hand is it's easily coached, and you guys can just make sure that everything is clean, is simple, to where there's no explosive plays like we saw last year, and so it has to get better. All right,
0: well, then i got to ask you about one player in particular who, if you do everything you just said, in my mind, probably becomes the linchpin to the entire defense. I'll ask you about him and a whole lot more next. Brock Salt, Seattle Sports, with K.J. Wright in the building on 710. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Uh, can I tell people what just happened? Go ahead. Be Am I allowed desk. to tell people? We're just sitting here in between segments. We're going to talk about the linchpin to this defense now in a sec. And KJ's phone rings. You just never know who's going to ring. It's funny that all you guys call each other. You don't text each other. What's up with
1: that? Oh, we got to talk on the phone. I'm it's surprised crazy. he called me. He usually FaceTimes me. All
0: you guys call each other. It's so funny. I, I just, I always expect athletes to only text, but you guys all call each other. Yeah. It's so funny. But that was, uh, that was Brandon Meebane on the phone. Yeah. What was he saying? We we're talking about this. <laughs> 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 hey, he thinks, you know, hey. might need to have some guys up front
1: uh. on defense. From defensive lineman's perspective, he he was like, what happened? Yeah. A DB DB versus a monster defensive lineman up front.
0: Yeah, so I I agree with him, and this is something we've talked about quite a bit. I I don't think you can draft for need. I understand John Schneider's philosophy, draft for talent over need, yes, and that over time, you will have better success in the draft, which is basically a crapshoot anyway. So I'm not criticizing a talent versus need perspective. But I also think that there are values to each position. Mm -hmm. And when you are at number five, not that I don't like Witherspoon, not that he's not the most talented guy Mm -hmm. on the board, and I don't know what else they were supposed to do in this draft that didn't really have any defensive linemen available other than Jalen Carter, who we'll talk about in a minute. But the positional value of corner versus defensive line, you've played the game, you've been in a defense. Who's more important to the success of a defense?
1: It's the defensive line. We know that. We know that. And let's let's just let's just address it. Let's just address Jalen Carter. Okay. Carter. Why not Jalen you, Carter? Why not
0: because you were very you were as opposed to Jalen Carter as anybody.
1: Jalen Carter is talented. Jalen Carter is very disruptive. He is a need for the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> At defense. At a premier position. At a premier he would have been plug and play. You're our guy. He would have been that guy. So should they have taken him? Let me finish. Let me finish. The 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 question is with Jalen Carter is is will he play hard every down? Will he play hard every play? Will he report to camp in shape? He reported his uh, pro day out of shape. Mm-hmm. Will he report in shape? Will he be motivated at that spot? And when he's not in the building, is he a guy that I could depend on for the next eight years? Those are legit questions. Sure. Is he a guy that I could depend on when he's not in the building for the next eight years? And I believe that for the Seattle Seahawks, they weren't willing to take that risk with Jalen Carter.
0: So let me let me ask you this then. Which would you prefer if you were the head coach of the Seahawks right now? Wondering where your star defensive tackle was quite a bit of the time and what his weight was at. Or wondering how many times the other team was going to run for six yards per carry right up the middle of your defense. Which would keep you up at night more? <laughs> Ask me that again. Ask me that one more time. <laughs> which which is tougher, wondering where your guy is or wondering how you're going to stop the other team's running game because you don't have any defensive linemen? So if I'm a coach, I need guys
1: I can depend on, period. I need guys that I could trust. I need guys I could depend on. I need guys that are going to show up, mm-hmm. right? He could, And if he is on our team, yes, he could probably be there stuffing the run, making TFLs, all that fun stuff. But my question is for how long? That's a legit question. How long can I depend on this guy? And he may go to Philly and be a monster. He may go to Philly and God knows what. Yeah, I believe that when they took Witherspoon, they know his personality. They know his character. They know his makeup. they like, this is a guy that's going to be here. He's going to show up. He's going to play scrappy. He's going to be gritty. He's going to be our guy. And I think when we look at Jalen Carter, it's like, I don't know. I'm I'm nervous. When I go, when I lay my head down at night, I'm I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. And no coach, especially a coach Carroll, he he does not want to deal with. You that play with course.
0: guys who who everyone was nervous about where they'd be at any given point. Yes. You don't have to give me names, yes. but like, yes, it, I, it, I, And what was that like?
1: Yes, I play with guys where you got to go knock on their doors. Like, hey, it's team meeting. Where where are you? We have a team meeting. Hey, miss uh, practice time. This guy isn't
0: here. What? Hey, go go get him. And which is more disruptive to a team, that or a guy that just can't play? A guy where you're like, yeah, he he's just not good enough. I mean, yes. he's out here and he's just he's he's not good enough. They're both they're both
1: they're <laughs> <laughs> both <laughs> problematic. They're both very hard. They're both very hard, but at the end of the day, so you got to respect mm. the game. You got to respect football. You have to respect your teammates. You got to respect yourself. You got to respect this investment we just poured into you. And so I need guys that I can lean on. And so at number five, that high, this team is in no position to roll the dice. Mm. We're, we're stacking up. We're building years. We're, this team is on their way, so to being a Super Bowl caliber team.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of disagree with that. And and I'm, I'm, I get it. And by the way, they have so much more information on Jalen Carter than I do that the fact that they didn't draft him does not make me upset. Like, I get it. They know. They talked to him. They met with him. They have so – I mean, they have – essentially private investigators who know what's Everything. going on with them. Like, <laughs> I don't know jack Everything. compared to what they know. So this is not a criticism. But in terms of the logic behind it, to me, this pick was a gift from from the heavens. You weren't supposed to have the number five pick. So... In my view, that's like going to Muckleshoot Casino and saying, <laughs> hey, I got an extra million dollars to spend. Let's go big and try to turn it into 10 million. So I, I would have taken a chance there. It's why I would have drafted Anthony Richardson if he was available, because I think you've got a weird opportunity for a free lottery ticket. And if Richardson works out, Pete Carroll called him yesterday, the best athlete maybe ever at that position. Man, like, ever? That's what he said. Maybe Ever. At the running back, at the uh, quarterback position, between his ability to run and throw and everything else, like I would have, I would have rolled the dice on that and seen what happens.
1: Well, you know what, Salk? We have another first round pick from the Broncos next year. No, we're
0: done. No, no I third. We got, no, we're done. I thought we got two first rounders. They, yeah, last year Charles Cross and this year. Dang, that went by fast. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, they do. Yeah, but the they road. fleeced them in this year's draft right. too. They did get a third rounder from them next year. I saw uh, by trading that third hey, rounder. What did they get? Year. They got somebody weird. They did something crazy. The Broncos with yeah. that pick. Yeah, I forget who it was. They ended up selecting. I was it. like, "What are y'all doing?" Yeah, but anyway, talk. So, um, no, there's no more. This is it. You're back to no- this. The, the Russell Wilson trade is officially over. There is nothing left from it. Broncos country. <laughs> Just it's Broncos now country. Is it over? <laughs> it is over. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah. <sighs> So you don't have to root against Denver if you don't want to anymore. So they can they can win all the ball games. They right? can win. Russ can win another Super Bowl and everyone will be happy about it, right? Let's talk about Russ soon. Okay. Let's talk about Russ <laughs> in this next <laughs> segment. I think Russ is going to have a really good year this year. You do? I really do. He looks good. He looks a lot thinner than he did last year. Seriously. I good. mean, jokes aside, he looks. Yeah. A, I mean, he almost flipped that golf cart over him, which was not a great look. But he looks thinner. I think Russ is on a mission.
1: Yeah, he, he should be. He has to. He, Russ has to be on a mission. Yeah. He has surgery. What do you have on his ankle, knee? probably. Shoulder, something, yeah, surgery on, so.
0: And it's now a better knee than beforehand, which is so amazing. Like, he's such a good healer that actually now the (laughs) knee is going to be better than before he hurt it the first time. Put that miracle water on there. right. well, I still got to ask you about Jamal Adams as the linchpin of this whole defense. I will, we will talk a little bit more about Russ just for kicks. Uh, And then I got some sound to play you uh, from Dan Orlovsky about dominance at a position and what it can do, because you've certainly seen it up close and personal. So we'll do all that. Coming up next, more with KJ Wright this. This is Brock and Saul, powered through the Alaska Airlines studio, back in mornings from six to ten on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We're only one episode back into the KJ Wright show, and already I'm reminded that an hour is not enough time with KJ. Like every time he comes in. <laughs> We just need more than 60 minutes, but uh, yeah, the first of five off-season KJ Wright shows to be followed by uh, a return to a weekly 8 a.m. Wednesdays during the football season in September. So good to have you back, man. It's good Glad to, to see back. you. Glad to be back. Are you Feels having good. fun in your life these days? I am. I am. I'm doing a lot,
1: and I'm trying to scale it back. Like I'm launching my foundation event yeah. next month. Nice. Took them on my first real estate property, um, so I'm like a... Uh, owner of a, a building now, a whole building, a whole building. You're, sl-
0: I'm- you're slumlord, is what you're saying. <laughs> 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 kind of feel bad. I, I got <laughs> to raise the rents on them because it's under <laughs> it's under value. You, Sorry. um, you when we just just quickly because I think people are always interested in in you in particular. Before we get back to some of the football talk, you know, at times last year you were just so open with us about you know just missing the game and mm-hmm. and and what that was like. Some of that empty feeling of not having the game to go to every day. How are you doing with that now? A little bit longer into it. Is it getting easier way better way better cool yeah and like i know that i have the green light
1: to win if i even get remotely close to that hey just go up to the VMAC. Mm-hmm. just go talk to the cooks and the third floor and equipment manager. just just go up there like you don't have to be afraid like they don't want you if you have the scarlet letter on you you right. can still go up there and hang out with the guys and so that's way better i found my flow and i found out what i want to do going into this um the fall season so it's been really good. Cool. you know
0: about Ichiro? Do you know what Ichiro does? I don't. You know that every day Ichiro dresses in full uniform, wristbands, works out for like an hour and a half stretching and getting ready to play with the Mariners, even though he's not going to? No, he doesn't. Mora, does he? Oh, yeah. We every witnessed it firsthand at Yeah, I got a video of it if you want to yeah. see this. Ichiro works out harder Put- and longer than any single player on the Mariners. And he has like a day. front office role. Yes. But he still prepares like he's a player. In yeah. uniform. He puts on uniform. Every yes. day. Hey, every more power, day. More power to him. Wristbands, the whole, like, he is decked out every day. And that's his thing. That's said, his thing. He
1: said, that keeps me, keeps I me don't going. Think he, I
0: think he has to do it. Like, I think he just doesn't have a choice. Like, he just he's so routine-oriented that he doesn't have a choice. More, 20, how long did he play? 20-plus years? Probably close to that between Japan and here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how many years he played in Japan, but it's got to be pretty close. Like, yeah. that's who he is. Yeah. It defines 14 him. 14 with the Mariners. Yeah. yeah. And it had to be at least six or and more he played in the Japan. Yeah, a little bit with the Yankees and 10 Wikipedia says played professionally for 28. <laughs> 28 years. It was, uh, I think, 19 here. He's going for 40. Total. He's yeah. going to, like, try to dress every day for 40 years. So that's awesome, though. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. And I think everyone will, be, oh, yeah. will join me in saying that that's awesome. All right, so let me get back to the Seahawks here for a couple minutes. You you mentioned earlier that okay, you you, you want to go back, you wanna penetrate a little bit more up front, you wanna have you know this go back to playing the three deep safeties, right? Or or they cover three safeties in the back. Bring guys in the box. So that to me would signify that Jamal Adams becomes a really, really important piece to stop in the run. Jamal Adams Jamal Adams is gonna be everything to
1: this defense. We traded for Jamal Adams to be this X-factor. He called himself an X-factor when he wanted to get paid. You are the X-factor to this defense. You're going to be moved all over the place on the back end, the second level, even up front when it comes to blitzing. This defense is going to revolve around his health. Mm -hmm. How well he plays is how well this defense plays, right? And so he's coming off of a terrible injury, a terrible injury. Come in for training camp. We'll see we'll see what we get from him. We'll see how healthy he is. We'll see how well he can move. And if he's healthy, this defense is gonna be very, very fun to watch.
0: Yeah, the thing that I, I find challenging about Jamal Adams at this point, and by the way, I was as excited about that trade when it happened as anybody, and I, I really do like him as a player. But the challenge I'm having is Jamal's at his best when he's not in coverage and when he's up near the box making hits. But the problem is the more you play him in that role, the more likely he is to have contact and get injured. So it it feels like such a push and pull of what to do with him all the time. I'm I'm going to be honest
1: with you. When the trade first happened, I was here, and I was was like, why? You didn't love it. I I was like, why? Because we had Bradley Mm McDougal, and Bradley McDougal was really good. Bradley McDougal was a safety. He's a guy that can cover. He's a guy that plays play man-to-man on tight ends. He's a guy that gets interceptions. He is a safety. Mm-hmm. Jamal Adams is not a guy that you play 20-plus yards deep. That's not him. He's not a guy that you just sit back there and get bored playing cover two or quarters. He is a guy that plays up close to the line of scrimmage, a guy that makes plays You know, in the backfield. That's his style. When you look at his body, he's not a— He's not a guy that plays like Cam. Chet. He's not. He's big. not big like Cam. He's not big. He's he's, he's a small guy. Mm-hmm. And when you playing up there with the big dogs, three hundred plus pounds, taking on fullbacks, tackling um, Derrick Henrys uh, for a one yard gain, that takes toll on your body. And so that's 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 what we have. And that's that's what he's shown in these past few years. Like, yeah, I'm playing up up close to the line of scrimmage. I am blitzing Russ, and I'm more prone. To these injuries mm-hmm. and so
0: that's who we have he's our he's our guy but you feel the difference with a 300 pounder uh, I mean would you feel when somebody gets up over 300 pounds even you at what'd you play at 250 240, 245 245 you feel that, di- the, that extra 60 pounds
1: when a grown 300 pound plus man is moving at you with a full head of steam <laughs> them shoulder pass them helmets you talk about them heavy hands absolutely you feel that there's a difference taking on a, a light center versus a big, big guard. What's the difference? I can you can control them. Like I can control I can control certain guys at the line of scrimmage. Some guys that I played, I could not control. They would
0: take me and I would I would essentially lose that, that matchup. You're like the sled, right? You're yeah. just being you're on skates I'm, going I'm, backwards. I'm surviving, so trying what do you to do? find my way. What do you do against those guys?
1: You get creative. You get creative. You you slip them. You dodge them. You just run right past them if you have to. But it, like you said, if you are Jamal Adams, if you're going to be playing five to six yards, hmm. if I know what he's going to do when he's playing that line of scrimmage, he has injured fingers, injured shoulders, coming off a quad. When a run comes this way, he's going to get washed every time. He's gonna he's going to see the run come this way, and that gap is going to be parted like the Red Sea. Hmm. That's 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 what's going to happen if he's in, involved in your run game, right? And so, like you said, if you don't have those big boys up front to keep them off of Jamal Adams, it's going to be the same thing that we saw well, last
0: year. I mean, again, everything just seems to hinge on that ability to bring in some guys and have some success with the dudes you brought in, with Jaron Reed, and 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 with some of these young guys like Cameron Young to make it happen early. So, some of that's the bad news. The good news. They've got some really, really impressive skill positions right now, and we've spent quite a bit of time already talking about the secondary wide receiver room with DK and Mm -hmm. Tyler, and now adding Jackson Smith and Jigba to that. And I really like the kid they had uh, last year, uh, Young as well, Uh, Darick Young. I I see something there, maybe even down the road. I think that if I'm uh, I'm DS a little worried about my, my future here with the Seahawks <laughs> third year. <starting laughs> yeah, it's about, and, and it's, it's not time. it's not great uh so far. So um tell me about this. Dan Orlovsky said this about the Seahawks. This is the best wide receiver room in the division now in Seattle, and also this is the best secondary in the division. Just to roll out like what their secondary is, because I think we can make the case it's probably one of the best or deepest, maybe talented secondaries. Quandre digs, mm-hmm. they signed Julian Love and free agency. Adams is coming back from injury. We got to see what happens. We'll see. Tariq Woolen, we know, had a spectacular rookie year. Kobe Bryant was becoming one of the better nickels in football last year, and then the addition of Witherspoon. We often say fronts help back ends, like the, the defensive line helps the coverage unit. Can the Seattle secondary be so good in their back seven? that maybe they help their front pass rush a little bit, not not need to be a dominant unit right away. And by the way, you could throw Mike Jackson into that. He was mm-hmm. a very serviceable starter last year. I certainly didn't have a problem with his play. And even Trey Brown, who two years ago looked mm-hmm. like he was a starting caliber corner. I mean, mm-hmm. they got some dudes at that position, and, and maybe there will end up being a trade. Maybe they do find somebody who's got an extra defensive lineman, and you can find a way to make a swap there to mm-hmm. kind of even some things out, because they might have too much depth right now mm-hmm. at, at the corner back spot uh, how how can can that work with a dominant unit even if it's on the back can it do enough to help the guys up front let's just
1: go back in history let's go back in history real quick when you look at the legion of boom they would not have been as great if it wasn't for the guys up front that is a fact as good as they were they would not have been as good if it was not for that pass rush up front and for us not stopping the run that is a fact. And so, when you look at this defense now, their talent won't be able to be on display if it's 200 yards
0: again. So year. so so the argument though, and and by the way, I tend to agree with everything you just said, and I've kind of made that point often. I feel like the the pass rush on that team is the most underrated aspect of what happened. But the the argument would go well. Maybe those pass rushers, Mike B, who was undrafted, and and Cliff Averill, who had coming off a you know an okay career in in Detroit before he got here, pretty good. Not but not as good <laughs> as it was once he was here. Yeah. Chris Clemens, who was a good player but not a like great him. player before he came here, were were those guys equally as as magnified by the Legion of Boom as the Legion of Boom was by the guys up front? No sir,
1: absolutely not. No, sir. They, the back end had nothing to do with the front end. If you if you disagree, please explain why. I don't. I
0: I tend to agree with you, but that I'm just, <laughs> I'm asking the question. No, re- no, no, no. Really, the, more the, the as a devil's advocate. The, here. because no, I know there are people who think that the back end has nothing to do with with how well
1: the front end plays. When you look at quarterbacks and how they had to operate, they had to get the ball out quickly. Like we knew that we could jump stuff. Because the quarterback only has three seconds to get the ball out. If the quarterback is back there cooking steaks, he is going to dissect our Mm -hmm. secondary. If he's back there cooking steaks, he is going to dissect our secondary. And so if if these guys want to look good, Chenna has to – and and I kid you not, our outside guys are really good. I like like our outside guys. It's just the the metal that I'm a little Mm -hmm. iffy about. But what made Cliff so good is that Mike B was up, was right beside him. And they were playing games. They were running tech stunts. They were running exit stunts. Uh, the sack against Drew Brees on Monday Night Football. Like they, That was planned. That was practiced. And so if they're not dominant up front, this secondary won't be fun to watch.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And, and then on the other side, can you do enough with a dominant and deep wide receiver group? to and by the way, I don't know whether they're overcoming anything. I thought their offensive line was pretty good last year. Oh yeah. And you know, I you end up adding a guard this year who kind of looks like a like the second coming of Phil Haynes. I mean kind of the same kind of a player, the kid they got Anthony Bradford, another big dude. LSU. LSU kid. No, nah, he's bigger than Phil. He's big. He's big. We he's talk like three forty. We guy. talk about taking on linemen.
1: That's not fun. Yeah. I look at him and I'm like, <laughs> I do not want to deal with these guys for forty
0: run plays a game. This is terrifying. So I mean, yes. you kind of look at the Seahawks offense, and I don't know that there really is a weak spot. I mean, they've got pretty good tight end group. They've got uh, a pretty good running back group now. Certainly, I think you got to love their running back room with what they just got and Charbonnet and and uh, and the guy from Georgia as well, and in addition to Ken Walker. Quarterback, you just resigned. Mm-hmm. I mean, like their offense seems like it's going to be a handful. Two things that I'm looking for from this offense: who's going to be our center? Who's- so they they signed the guy Evan Brown. They signed Evan Brown, and then they drafted the kid from Michigan. So we'll see if there's okay. a little battle there. Okay,
1: and out of the backfield, who's going to be our? Rec- we have a receiving back on this
0: on this mm. football team. Is Charbonnet going to? He's not. He there. can do it. I mean, uh, you know, that's one of the things Chip told us is that he can, that he's actually a pretty good receiver out of Mm -hmm. the backfield. But, no, he's not like your little scat back, you know, going to catch the ball and and take it to the house. He's probably not that guy. Other
1: other than that, Salk, we are complete. We are complete. And the beauty of this offense that we're going to see is with Njigba on the inside, it is going to be so fun to watch Geno Smith Mm. come to the line of scrimmage Look at what they're in on defense. I'm like, okay, this is where I'm going. Oh, you guys want to play two high safeties over DK and Tyler? I'm going to have Njigba isolate and make this linebacker look silly, and I'm going to make my plays with him. First down Seahawks, let's keep these chains moving. Hmm. And so I don't think we had that that third down guy on the inside where he can just – you're going to be our guy. You're going to be our West Walker. You're going to be our Doug Baldwin. This is you and Jigba. And we're going to keep these chains moving. It's going to
0: open up so much for our offense. So what did you, what did you make of, of guys like that when you played against them, those, those guys you just mentioned, those third receivers, those inside slot guys? How challenging were they for you?
1: They're a problem. And, and what makes them so good is their football IQ. That's what makes them really good. What they do is pre-snap. They're going to be the guy that comes in motion. He's going to come in motion. Are they in zone coverage or are they in man coverage? Okay, we know where they're in. And then when he gets, and then when he runs his route post-snap, oh, they're in cover two. I'm going to sit right here in front of the linebacker. Or oh, they're in cover three. I'm going to run past this guy and sit in this sweet spot. And so their IQ has to be the best when it comes to at the receiver position. And I know how smart Geno is. I can look at this young man tell he's going to be fun to watch as well. They're going to be that third-down duo. Like, he's going to be my guy.
0: Who were the guys that you either played with or against that that you just had, especially at the wide receiver position, where you had respect for their game IQ? It was Doug. Yeah. It was Doug Ball,
1: (laughs) And just um, someone you can depend on, someone that he's going to get open. Just get the ball close to him, and they're going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Just get the ball close to him. They're going to make something good happen. How about guys you played against? I thought Wes Walker was phenomenal. Yeah. I thought Wes Walker was, you know, not big, not fast, but he was quick.
0: Is that frustrating? You're playing against some wide receivers not big or fast <laughs> and he's killing you.
1: And, and it's gonna be a catch every time the ball is thrown <laughs> his way. And so that's that's what this new dynamic brings to this offense. And so I'm looking at I'm looking at the NFC. We can make some noise, Salk. Like some serious noise. I saw what we did against the Niners. We couldn't do anything against the Niners. I believe we scored late touchdowns. I believe that we can really give this division a go. Hmm. Are we quite there where the Niners are? Not, Not yet. I believe that defense they have over there is one of the best that I've ever seen. But we're making strides, and we're going to give them a run for the money, unlike we did last year.
0: So I, I got I wanted to run through talking, of course, to KJ Wrights. brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino, and it's great to have the KJ Wright Show back here. We'll do it five times between now and uh, the start of the regular season and then uh, returning every single week of the regular season on Wednesdays from 8 to 9, which is just awesome. We're psyched about it. Uh, I wanted to run through and and take you through, uh, I don't know, i got four or five different people slash positions who should feel better or worse about their place on this team now that they've kind of gone through the draft in the offseason like how are you feeling after the draft if you are one of the inside linebackers if you are Bobby or if you are uh Devin Bush how are you if they didn't draft any other inside linebackers this year how mm-hmm. are you feeling if you're those guys if I'm Bobby I'm fine I'm
1: the guy five 4 is back I'm going to be the man in the middle Year 12, Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm sleeping good at you're night. You're feeling pretty good. I'm feeling good at night. How are you, how are you feeling? If you're Drew Lock, did he sign a two-year deal? Uh, I think so. I would have signed a one-year, but um, I'm I don't, feel- I don't remember. Yeah, I don't uh,
0: want. Let me just not give you wrong information. I think he signed a two-year. I don't have a but, uh, clue. July, I don't have any um, idea? They don't draft a quarter. Oh, oh one- no, wait. Go. That is an old one. Let me click let me on Spotify. If, if I'm Drew Locke, I'm
1: happy. They didn't draft a quarterback. I was looking for the Seahawks in that third round. Okay, my guy Henderson Hooker is <laughs> here. <laughs> maybe Henderson oh, comes. But they, Henderson. Hen, 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 I know, I know. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they take him. So if I'm Drew, I'm feeling really good. It's a sign that the Seahawks like me. Mm-hmm. They trust me. And they've seen backup quarterbacks. That's how Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback for the Bucks now. Yeah. And so if he makes a, a, a better preseason display than he did last year, you know, who knows what happens during the season? People love quarterbacks. The quarterback from the Packers just got a new
0: contract. Um, love? Love. What? <laughs> well, they have to give him something. I mean, he's he's going to be their guy now. Who does that? <laughs> Why do they have to do it? He's under contract. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think because they um, they have to show that they were right, right? They have to show that they drafted Justin, him Justin, and all of that. I don't know. Justin. It's, 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 it's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't done a single thing. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to get off subject. Who's... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think Drew Locke is one of the biggest winners of the draft for the Seahawks. They didn't draft a quarterback. They're saying he could be the quarterback of the future. After Geno, they have enough faith in him. They didn't go with anybody else, including your guy Henderson Hooker. Uh, how about well, we mentioned him? But D. Eskridge, how do you feel if you're D. Eskridge? You better
1: come in ready to go, man. If if you are not lighting up in training camp and OTAs, mm-hmm. catching every pass, right, as soon as you catch the ball, you better run to the end zone. Fight! You fighting for your life. You are fighting for your life, and so he's not going to be the top three. You're fighting for that fourth receiver spot. Yeah,
0: you're fighting for that fourth receiver spot, and that's going to be tough. Especially, I think they like what Derek Young did last year, and and there'll be and there'll be always some some undrafted wide receivers that look pretty good. This Jake Bobo kid out of UCLA mm-hmm. has a lot of kind of pub behind him as well. That's going to be. A, I will. He's the guy who I wonder if he makes a team. And and with our tight ends, our tight ends are good
1: too. Real too. good. To where like, we can throw to our tight ends, mm-hmm. Kobe and, mm-hmm. and um, who's the guy we for? Not Disley. Um, they the guy that the just Bunkers. got, Fant? No, no,
0: Fant. Absolutely. Yeah, they so, got some
1: dudes. They got some guys. They
0: got some dudes there. How are you feeling if you're Boye Mafé or Daryl Taylor? I mean, you kind of mentioned Daryl Taylor earlier, and this is the one that I couldn't quite come up with an opinion on. They they did draft uh, this kid in the thir- in the second round, right, mm-hmm. out of Auburn, another Mississippi guy. Uh mm-hmm. so so they did bring in another outside linebacker and then, you know, this uh the other guy from Michigan, Mike Miller, who's who's sort of in the same vein as well. How how are you feeling if you are those guys? It's a message.
1: It's a message is being sent that we gotta get better at this spot. And so if, in my mindset, if I'm Taylor, first and foremost, I'm taking out an insurance policy. And secondly, I'm I'm getting ready to put on a show for 31 other football teams. Mm. I'm getting ready to show these other 31 teams how, how well I can play rushing the passer, how consistent I can be. So I am auditioning for, to make a great agent splash next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and and my guess is that's the direction that's going to go.
1: Yeah, and but, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's the name of the game. Yeah.
0: That's the name of the game. Uh Let's see. Got a few more minutes with you. Let's run through a couple other things. Uh, Mora had mentioned this. So John Schneider was on the station yesterday, your guy, John, and he told uh, Wyman and Bob that he's going to the Kentucky Derby. I know. He talked to you about that? No. Uh, You've been to the Derby?
1: I have not. Okay. I have not. It's definitely on the bucket list. It
0: is. So that was actually the question because he said it was on his bucket list. Yeah. What's on yours? Oh, I gotta. What's well, so on my bucket list is
1: travel wise. I gotta go to sports.
0: Each, sports. Oh no, oh, sports bucket list.
1: Oh, I want to go to. I haven't been to Yankee Stadium. Okay. I want to go see the. I want to go see the Celtics. Um, sports wise, I've been to the World Cup. I want to go again. It's okay. coming here. Yes. I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to Toronto, and I'm going to Miami. Wow. For the world. All for, for the World Cup. I'm in all three of those cities. Wow. Yes, okay. and so the, I'm a big World Cup guy. I went years ago. In why well.
0: Why Yankee Stadium over, say, Wrigley or Fenway? Derek
1: Jeter. Oh, Derek Jeter. That was my guy. Okay, Derek I, Jeter. I was a Jeter. I was a Jeter guy. And then why Celtics? That I hear that's one of the best basketball environments huh. in, in the NBA. I hear that's one of the
0: best. I mean, UCLA. it was back in the old garden when I was a kid, but now? <laughs> it's not the best? I don't know. I mean, it's good, but it's not like what it was. I mean, the problem with the new garden is it's kind of... You know, it's kind of generic, it's not new anymore. But like the old Boston yeah. Garden was dirty and gross and that was awesome. But I'm surprised is, I'm surprised is, that's on your bucket list. That's is, an interesting one. Is Yankee Stadium like that too? Yankee Stadium is also a little more generic compared to the old one. I mean, like the environment is Yankee Stadium and yeah. it's something special, but you know, the 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 building itself doesn't have the age or character of Wrigley or Fenway. So it's kind of like candlestick versus levi. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. No, no. If this anything
1: like what I'm thinking, like Levi is generic. It's, it's like—is that the worst stadium like, now in the NFL? No, it's like, it's like I'm going, going from Candlestick. You just felt that energy. Mm-hmm. In their build the history, you felt the Joe Montana's, you felt the, yeah. the 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 Clark's, you felt that going to Levi's. It's not even remotely close to that. Interesting. Wait, I got a question. Even remotely close to is that.
0: going to the draft worthy for Seahawks fans to put on as a bucket list sports destination? I had a blast. What's fun there. about it? Because it kind of look. We were saying the other day, it kind of looks odd. Like it seems like an odd thing to go to as a spectator.
1: I had fun. Why? Because I'm a draft junkie. Like I watched it growing up. Yeah. And the way it's set up is. All 32 teams, they have their little section, like every 32 teams. I was right next to the 49ers fans. And so it's all sectioned out. And when it's time for the teams, when they're on the clock, mm-hmm. they're getting them ready. The cameras are coming to them. The players in the first round are coming, mixing and mingling with the fans. They're playing music, getting everyone excited. Huh. And it's, there's intermissions every five minutes. Okay, And so when the draft pick comes up, it happens, <laughs> and it's a really, really good time.
0: It seems like it's a lot of people dressed up, like a lot of people in face paint. As from a fan's perspective? Yeah. No. Oh, okay, because everyone they show on TV is wearing, like, crazy face paint and, like, you know. Oh, like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fun. Is it? It's a, a lot. I, I had big, a good time. It's like a big tailgate. That's really <laughs> what it looks like. It seems like a Drinking lot.
1: Drinking everywhere, food. Having, I mean, I'm,
0: I would sounds bet like the food. like
1: KJ's a man of the people.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I'm and
1: so what not. happened was. Did you paint
0: your face? <laughs> no. How come?
1: I'm, that's not my style. Not that much of a man. So of people. what happened was they had us in this boring suite during the draft. <laughs> my dad was my dad was mad. He was like, "Man, what they doing? I want I want to go out there with the people." And mm. so I didn't have the right credentials to go out there with the fans. And so <laughs> I went out there. It's like you can't come in. So what happened? I was with this little boy. You're like, I'm announcing You're a like, pick. I'm Seahawks
0: legend no, KJ this Wright. Was day
1: one, I went to announce pick day one. And this little boy just threw the biggest tantrum I've seen in my life. <laughs> I was like, I want to watch the draft. This is the... And so they turned him around. And so a security guard found the boy, and he was like, let him through. And I was like, hey, we're with this kid. We're just with him trying to get in too.
0: <laughs> how are you going to let
1: this little kid in but not me? <laughs> and um, I was like, man, come on, just, just go ahead. And so we went out there, hung out with the fans. Cool. And so we had a blast. That's pretty
0: awesome. Well, well did you do a good job? Name Announcing you, the pick. Yeah, how, you how, did, see it? how did you feel like it? How did you feel it went? I was on the air. I nailed it. Oh, okay. I go. thought it was great. I nailed
1: it. Yeah. What I wanted to say was I wanted to um talk trash to the Chiefs fans to let them know that we have the <laughs> loudest stadium <laughs> in the NFL. I thought about it before I went on stage. What happened? I don't want to make it about me. Like I don't. I just want to make it about this draft pick. The who Seahawks was who did that.
0: Was it McCourty? Uh, who did that? And I thought like, that was terrible. He went off on on the Chiefs fan. You didn't like that. What was that? I don't know. It was trying to. It was kind of playing the heel, like a wrestling heel. He's doing too much. Too much. He's doing too much. Well, I mean, they are the home of Travis Kelsey, so they know all about doing too much. All right, KJ, <laughs> uh, what a great hour. As always, we can kind of just keep going with this, but um, excited that you were back in the building. Excited that we'll be doing this a little bit throughout the offseason, and then once again. Next year, as uh, we'll get to see this draft and this offseason and everything else play its way out, and, uh, and see whether it works. So, when, when, when can I come back? I don't. Whenever you want. Dude, you get an open well, invitation. we gotta, we, yeah, we
1: gotta be. Right. Gotta we, make it make sense. We gotta
0: be purposeful here. We gotta right. come up with the right. Day. We got mini camps. We got training camps. Like we got some time. we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll put our heads together and come we'll make open. it happen. All right, Thank there you. you go. Thank you, KJ. Thank you, Muckleshoot Casino. We'll be right back. Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on seven ten SeattleSports.com.